Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Hi, this is Solo in the City, and this week we are going to be talking about asking the right questions on a first date. You know, it's something that is very prevalent for a lot of people. They don't know really how to ask the question to get really the details that they want about somebody. And this is something that I really wanted to address today. And to do so, I've invited on uh, several guests. But first and foremost, I want to introduce my co-host for today. She is a speaker and author of Living Through the Heart. She's also a sacred sound healer. And she teaches people how really to get to the center of their awareness. So I want to welcome again, um, for the third time this month, Daniel Brooks to Solo in the City. Thank you so much, Cheryl. It's great to be here with you all. Yeah, you know, um, so this topic today was uh, very important. And it's something actually that kind of came to the forefront for me, because you and I have had different conversations about sometimes people don't understand what's going on in a relationship Mm -hmm. or where you're going. And it's also because not only are we we're not getting the answers we want because we're not asking the right questions. Exactly. We often have an idea of what it is that we want as far as an answer goes, but we don't actually ask the right questions to get the answer. So, you know, on a show all about relating, dating and mating, one of the things that we talk about all the time is the number one essence that we need in any kind of relationships, business relationship, personal relationship, is communication. Absolutely. So part of that is how you start a conversation. And a lot of times it's through asking a question. And I was talking with a woman actually, and she was telling me one of her experiences and that she went on this date and it was a, a first date. And by the end of the evening, she was, you know, really interested in this person. And they had so many conversations about life and what they wanted out of a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And she didn't find out until the second date that he was married. And the thing was, she said, you know what? I realized I never asked that particular question. We never even discussed. They met online and they never Mm -hmm. even discussed what his relationship status was. And so she said, you know, it was actually, he turned around and said, well, you never asked. And she said, so now when she goes out on a date, she says, are you single? <laughs> like, that's like let's, such a let's just get a, a to the first question. Yeah, exactly. Are you single? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? But the, that's just like an an idea of sometimes how we don't really know how to get the details that we want about somebody. Well, I think sometimes it's really important to ask direct questions, especially if it's something along those lines of, you, you know, are you available? Um, But it's also really important to ask open-ended questions to get a sense of who someone is. Because I I personally find that it's as equally as important and telling in what someone says as well as what they don't say. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then sometimes it's about not even asking a question. Sometimes you can get the answer by kind of going off around it. And and interesting enough, um, when it comes to that, is I was talking with... Um, my boyfriend actually uh, a couple months ago and we were having a conversation and he actually said to me are you coaching me like <laughs> he's like are you being a coach now and I said okay let, let me ask you a question I said right now I know it was a particular situation mm-hmm. and um, I said you know if I would have asked you three days ago 
how you felt about a particular situation, what your answer would probably have been is, well, I don't know how to answer that, you know, or I don't know how I'm feeling about that, right or wrong. And he said, yes, you're right. And I said, well, I've spent the last couple of days and it took a little bit of patience and everything. But um, instead of being faced with you telling me, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. I know how you feel about this particular situation because I've been asking and putting together a little bit of a path to find out how you're feeling without asking you a direct question, because that's a difference also between men and women, yes. right? Yes, exactly. They don't necessarily talk about their feelings the way we do, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. if I ask you how you're feeling about something, you might tell me, but often, and I don't want to say it's everybody, but often men just don't, are not comfortable or yep. don't know how to communicate their feelings. I would say generally women are a lot more uh, familiar with the whole idea of expressing emotions and expressing how they are feeling and, and processing in that way, whereas men, and this is again just a generalization, you have to be really aware of not only what they're saying, but how they're saying it. You know, the, the words are very, very important as well. And I really love the fact that someone could say, I don't know how I feel. Right. That's fantastic. That gives you what you need to know in that moment. And it also gives them the space. Well, but the, the, well, yes and no, because at the same time, I, I understand what you're saying on that. But what I was saying is more a man sometimes will say, I don't know how I feel. The truth is he might know how he feels. He just doesn't necessarily feel comfortable to express to it. Say it. So sometimes we can, as, as women who understand, you know, our thought process and how we get there, mm -hmm. if we turn it around and say, well, how can I get somebody else to get there? Mm -hmm. And we ask different questions along the way that is not really heart-centered, more mind-centered. We can actually find out how the other person is feeling about a particular situation by on a roundabout way. So let me give you a hypothetical uh, situation. Okay. Say, say somebody has gone out on a few dates with somebody, and they've commented that family is very important to them, and they speak about some of their family, but they don't speak about all their family. And then that person finds out, perhaps through social media or in some other context, that that person actually is a parent, you know, is a, is a mother or a father, but they're not bringing that into the conversation. How would that person then address that perhaps on the next date? Well, um, that's, that's a very good question, actually. And, and the thing is, sometimes if somebody doesn't bring it up, you know, it's very easy um, and very common, actually, for a lot of people when they're in the dating process to be able to talk about, you know, outside forces, but they don't want to get too personal too fast, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to talk about a cousin than it is to talk about your child. Maybe you're not ready to share something. Maybe there's something going on between the children. But... The way I would suggest, and I have suggested people to do that, is to go back and say, you know, I, I realize that you have a child, you know, and, and kind of ease into it that way. You know, what kind of um, relationship do you have with that person? Th there's ways in which you can do it. I was just um, actually talking with somebody, um, another client actually, who was talking to me about the fact that they thought um, the person that they were dating was not the age Mm -hmm. that they thought and uh, how to go about asking the person their age and it's sometimes hard when you know that the person is one age and they're not the age it's just to say you know I noticed on social media that it's out there 
um, that, that you're, you're ten years younger you're, than you're saying, <laughs> that you're ten years younger <laughs> or, or, older. or ten years older than yeah. you're saying, and say, you know, um, I'm just curious. Um, or actually, the way I told this person to say it actually was say, you know, I just want you to know because a lot of people are fearful of the age thing. Mm-hmm. To say, you know, what, I don't really care about your age, but I'm sure that you mentioned somewhere that you were, you know, 61 instead of 69. Do you mind to clarify it? I'd love to know, you know, and and let them know, though, that let them know that you don't care, that it's not important to you. It's just like, you know, I'd love to be able to celebrate your birthday and do a shout out to you when it comes up. Well, what I'm hearing from you in these examples is that it's really important to address and to be and to be open in your communication, but and, and really address it in a way that gives a person space in in the way that they respond. And not judgmental. And non-judgmental. You know, Absolutely. and not to put them into a corner. So really yeah. to have conversation. And it's all about the conversation. So yeah. we're going to talk today all about asking the right questions on a first date within a relationship so you know exactly where you're heading. Uh, so coming up, we're going to talk with an expert on this. She's the founder of Last First Date, Sandy Weiner. You're listening to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. There's a place I go to when no one knows. Welcome back to Solo in the City. And now, Danielle, it's time to welcome our expert for today. Her name is Sandy Weiner. She is the founder of, I love this, Last First Date. Okay, so it's it says all it about, all. it says it all. You're getting into a, re- a relationship. And she's also known internationally as a TEDx speaker. She's a dating coach. And we are so happy to have you on the show today, Sandy. Thank you. Great to be here. So we've been uh, talking today about asking the right questions, especially on a first date to, you know, really get a lot of information about somebody, but without it being an interrogation, because we don't want that either, right? Absolutely. And we want to be able to put our best foot forward and feel comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. So so give us an idea. What if um, you're out on that first date and you want to find out certain things about a person, how do you suggest to your clients um, when you're coaching them to approach the questions that might give them an idea as to whether this person is really available and what they're looking for? So the purpose of a first date is for you to get to know the other person's values and your compatibility and also to have them know parts of you. And often we miss one or both of those (laughs) aspects of first dates. And that's why we leave often not knowing very much about the other person or we're great listeners and the other person has no idea who we are. So it's important to balance both. I just want to put that out there that um, that's really important. So what kinds of questions are good for first dates? Creative questions, questions that are fun, questions that will ask the kinds of things that are important to you. So sometimes asking questions about somebody's childhood gives you a lot of insight into who they are because we have this playful inner child that we often don't take out very often. And to me, that's the essence of a person. Like, what were you like as a child? What was 
what was your favorite toy as a child? Um, that could get into a great discussion about watching the slinky um, steps <laughs> <laughs> or maybe exploding you love twister, right? Like, no, nothing so, exploding. <laughs> if it's exploding toys, you don't want to date that person, okay? <laughs> Just remembering all of those little science know, kits you know, the guys had. Like my, my brother was really into building rockets, and he became an engineer. And oh, so it go. was an exploding toy. It exploded up. And that's his personality. So you're going to find out a lot about a person when you talk about toys and um, and what they were like as a child. Maybe they had a dream as a child to be something that they ended up being nothing like. And that would be an interesting conversation to have also. So there's a lot of like childhood kinds of questions that are fun to ask. Um, also asking if a person has a special skill that, that um, they, they, you wouldn't know just by looking at them. Right, like a secret superpower, you mean? <laughs> yeah, a superpower. I actually have a superpower meme that I post in my Facebook group and ask people, what's your superpower? I think it's like Tuesday is Superpower Tuesday. Um, because we all have these like incredible skills and talents and things that make us special, but it's hard mm -hmm. for us to articulate them. One of the things and that, um, there's a there's a company here in Montreal, and it's a speed dating company, and one of the things that they put on as a question you can ask is, it's funny you're saying about super powers is, you know, if you could be any superhero, who would that be? And, mm. and, and that opens up a lot of conversation. One of the things that I always tell people is go to what their passions are, you know, things that yes. make you, you light up. Like what lights up your life? Like what do you love to do? Mm -hmm. and, and I love asking what is your joy? What gives you joy? Yeah, yeah. that's a great question. And some people are, have trouble accessing that. So sometimes mm -hmm. yeah. to get them to access it, you can share your joy first. And I think women are really good at sharing their emotional life and their passions. And often mm -hmm. we get stuck as women sharing our accomplishments, sharing how busy we are and how, you know, we, we accomplished all these things in our lives. And that makes you very impressive, but it may not make a man want to date you, yeah. maybe hire you, but not date you. And that, that, um, that's a very fine line that we have to be careful of. And, and also for women, when, we're, when we are meeting uh, men as well, especially on that first date, like asking their job can be a big turnoff uh, for a lot of men. They, they feel that we're asking it, you know, we're looking into their pocketbook as well. And it's bringing you into, an, into uh, a, a conversation of workplace, which is not what you want. I have a question yeah, for you, Sandy. But there's a way to ask that that mm -hmm. becomes less about work and more about passion. So yeah. the why of why anybody does anything is That's much right. more interesting right. than the actual job. So I would ask a question like, what makes you want to get up in the morning and hit the ground running? Um, what, you know, what do you love about your job? What are the aspects of your job that you absolutely love? Right. And so it's, you know, I'm a lawyer. You know, most people will say, what do you do? And it just leads into a list. That's right. Yeah. So we don't want the list. We want the passion. We want, mm -hmm. we want the emotional part. And, and women have to remember that men don't share their emotional life with their friends very often. That they don't share it with anybody, actually. With that's anybody. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, uh, Sandy, that's exactly what Danielle and I were talking about at the beginning yeah. of the show, is that I was saying, you know, especially as women, because we share easier, we have to be more creative when we want to get a direct answer, you know, to our question of, you know, how do you feel about this particular subject? It's easier to kind of lead them into talking about 
the answer you want to get and asking questions or making mm -hmm. statements that they will respond to because they're able to respond to a statement and either be, you know, in accordance or contrary to it rather than just mm -hmm. saying, well, I'm feeling, you know, this about this particular situation. Right. An open invitation. Yeah, and it, and it can feel threatening to ask, yeah. so how do you feel about that? Instead of asking that, you can say, what do you think about a trip to Bali? You know, right. and that could access his emotional self without feeling like a threat and right. pressure. So you do have to get a little creative in how you word questions um, and make sure you're not interrog interrogating, that's for sure. But and and I do think what you were saying is about the statement. I want you to go um, more into that, if you don't mind, because you were saying how if you make, you know, a statement about yourself, mm -hmm. it, it allows that, right, Sandy? Yes. So let's say you talk about, um, oh, can I just tell you about like my last vacation? I went to, um, I went to Spain and I got to see this incredible art exhibit and I was moved to tears. And now you're talking about your emotional life. You're talking about the feelings you had. And the man is enthralled. Like a good guy is going to be, he's going to feel connected to your heart. That's right. really what makes a man want to ask you out again. And I just finished teaching a course on communication to women, uh, how, to, how to talk so men will listen and listen so men will talk. And we have a man panel who comes on to every course I have. And I had one. Uh, all I love that. A I, man I just panel. Read it. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> the man panel. I love my man panel. And to so our direct right is the man ever. panel. And it's important, you know, you're learning all these skills, and then if you're not practicing them in real time, then you're not going to really learn how to how to make them work. Mm -hmm. So right. we have real men who answer questions from, from the women. And a lot of the questions were around, like, what made you ask out the woman who became your wife? What made you want her as opposed to someone else? And it's all about feelings. It's all mm -hmm. about how she made me feel. She made me feel really comfortable. She made me feel accepted for who I was. She didn't try to change me. She helped me to rise up to the man I was meant to be. I mean, those kinds of statements. So when you're a woman of value, and that's really my, my platform, my mission, is to help women value themselves more, um, then you inspire and men to value themselves mm -hmm. and to want to prove themselves to you. So state your value in all the questions that you ask. State, you know, your value is, is in, entwined with the things that you're passionate about, the things that you choose to do with your time. Right. Sandy, Sandy Weiner, you've done a lot of TED Talks as, as well as your workshops and everything, and, and that's very, very valuable information for everybody. Now, when we are sitting face-to-face -face with somebody and we're having these conversations, you have to um, in some way let people know that your value system is also in place, not just the value Right. Mm -hmm. of, yeah, of, that's what I was thinking about are. as well, and, and bringing that forward into the into the communication, be it right. verbal or nonverbal. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think there's there's so much. I mean, we can go on and on about this. Mm -hmm. um, Sandy, now if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? They can go to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and there's a contact form there. Um, they can also find me on Facebook at Last First Date, and if they are women over 40 who are single or in relationships. 
they can join my Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date. And we're growing every day. This is an amazing support area for positive, healthy relationships, um, not a place to come and just whine and no, tell me that's... how terrible men are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. There's no place for that. There's no yeah. place for that there for anybody. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing with us your insight into all of this. And uh, we'll have to have you back on again. That was great, Sandy. Thank you. Coming up next on Solo in the City, we're going to go to the love table, and we're going to be joined by Steve Lowe and Danielle. Wait till you hear what they have to say about what to ask on the first date. You're listening to Solo in the City on CJD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJD 800. Welcome back to Solo in the City, and it's time, Danielle, for The Love Table, one of my favorite segments of uh, the show. And today we're going to be introducing to The Love Table Steve Lowell. He's an expert in personal development and a world-renowned speaker and mentor to many speakers. As a matter of fact, I've done a class with him or two. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks so very much for having me. It's very exciting. Yeah, and as well, we're going to have Danielle Otu. She is founder of Female Department, and she's also the mastermind between um, behind Brunch in the City, which is a networking happening thing that happens around twice a year, all promoting women and business. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Hello. Thank you for having me. So today's topic, we've been talking about asking the right questions. And and this is one of your um, kind of expertise fields, uh, Steve, is all about how to ask the right questions and then put out the right information, right? So right, and and I do that in different environments. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm speaking, I ask a lot of questions of the audience and of the people who hire me to speak. I find out questions about the audience, and in in the personal development space, to help people interact with one another in various situations by asking the right questions. So, for instance, if you're stepping out um, into a room for the first time and you want to ad- want to approach somebody, what would be some of the question or how would you lead into that that would make it um, an inviting space for somebody to come back and interact into a conversation with you? Well, it really depends on the circumstances itself. I've got different tools that I use uh, to really help me decide what questions to ask. We don't have time to share them all here, but there's one that I have in my head, and it's an acronym called FORM, F-O-R-M. And form reminds me of three different questions that uh, that I can ask. So depending on, on, on the situation, F stands for um, for family. So I might ask, um, you know, a question about uh, do they have family in the area or, or, you know, where they're from and is their family, you know, still available and, you know, different questions about family. And O is for occupation. At some point, the conversation will get involved into uh, what they do for a living. And then I'll connect the two together, family and occupation. And then the R in the form acronym is for recreation. So somewhere in the conversation, we'll talk about what they like to do when they're not working, you know. And then in those areas, I will be able to form what I, the M in the acronym, which would be my message. And that is, how are we going to then carry that conversation to the next level, whatever that is, based on the information that I've received from them in the family occupation and recreation area. So it really depends on the specific circumstances. But those are three areas of questioning that are easy for people to answer. People are are comfortable answering those types of questions, uh, and it really gets the conversation off to an easy start. So, Danielle, you tell me, um, as a single woman Mm -hmm. out there, um, 
tell me form. Do you think it's good form, bad form to, let's say, I love the family aspect. As a matter of fact, Sandy Weiner, who was on our show earlier, was talking about that. Um, if you go to the family, do you also go to occupation? Because that's, for instance, in the dating world, something that we kind of try to, you know, kind of go around, especially on a first date. What do you think of that one? So I think the form acronym is great. I think obviously, ideally, um, they kind of merge organically. So one conversation or one topic leads to the next. I think what's tough for me, especially as um, not only a single woman, but a, uh, a mother of one is how quickly do I talk about family? So how quickly do I bring in my son? And obviously that always that always depends on um, how the conversation flows and and uh, the trust that's established in uh, in one you know conversation. Is there a way? Do you think, um, Steve? I'm I'm going to ask this question to you. Is there a way in which you think that you can initiate trust? Is there is there a question or a statement that helps? people feel a little more trusting to open up that part? Well, sure. And, and there's no one sort of one question fits all. Again, it's a very hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And so with the form acronym, uh, understand also that uh, it's just an acronym and it's just a guide. We don't have to do the questions in any particular order. Right. So the situations uh, really change. So oftentimes, you know, if I'm meeting somebody in a networking function or, or wherever it is, I'm not going to go straight to the family. You know, I might ask a question about, you know, what brings you here? Is this your first time here? Um, you know, uh, maybe some thoughts about the event, those kinds of questions, just a very benign and non-personal questions right. to get them started so that they can just sort of feel. Because, you know, and, and I'm sure Daniel will, will, will agree that, um, you know, trusting is more than just what we say to each other. There's a connection. There's an energy. There's a feeling. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's an exchange of, of per, you know, personal personalization that, that brings forth that comfort before any questions really are to be asked. So with me, it's about you know, making sure that the questions I open up with are really benign, really easy to answer, very, very, very safe, so that we can get this feeling from each other whether or not we trust each other to take it to the more in-depth questions about family and occupation and those kinds of things. So, Danielle, let me ask you a question. Um, if somebody were sitting across the table from you on that first date and asked you, because we, we actually talked about this also, right, Danielle, yes, about we, we about did. children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a big one that not everybody, she was asking, Danielle was saying, well, what if somebody doesn't tell you, for instance, that they have a child and you find out later? And I said, well, not everybody feels safe enough to share that. Exactly. If, if yeah. you're not comfortable, let's say, to share that, Danielle, on that first date or not, mm-hmm. you're, you're not sure, if they were to ask you point blank, do you have children? How are you going to respond to that? Well, I mean, I think I would say the truth. There's, there's a difference between, you know, lying and right. admitting. And so I think if it's blatantly asked, then 100% you, you say and tell like it is. But I think um, if it's not, and if there's a way to, not that I'm encouraging omitting, but if you're more comfortable kind of not mentioning it and, and um, turning around uh, you know, with a pot a bit, then I think that's fine as well. And, um I think even going back to trust, and I think uh, Steve can, can vouch that is uh, the importance of, of listening more so than talking. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, in general, people can or tend to be invited to talk a little more if you ask more questions, and if you do a little bit more of the asking than of the talking. I think as well, I love what you're saying there, because uh, I find that in order to have an engaging conversation, 
you have to feel like the other person is really present as well. They're mm -hmm. listening, they're aware, and they're actually hearing you. And yeah, those and kinds of happening. And and then in that sense, it could be a question that would be a, um, a question that you perhaps wouldn't always be comfortable answering directly, but simply the way that they are being present, the way that they're mm -hmm. being respectful, that will open up the opportunity for you to go deeper in, in, that, uh, in, the, in the conversation. Well, one of the things that we were saying also, and Steve, um, I'd like to get um, an idea from you how you feel, is sometimes it's not about asking the question. It's about making a statement about ourselves and then leaving it open-ended. And, you know, for instance, you know, um, we were saying going on a trip and, and talking about, you know, I just came back from a trip and sharing an experience and then letting them either comment on your experience or sharing one of their own. And that gives you an insight. For instance, they might go, well, I don't like to travel or I haven't traveled as much. What do you think about something like that, Steve? Oh, I, I think you're, you're exactly on the, on, the, on the mark. I think, you know, the purpose of the questions is to get the information out and get the other person talking into and not not just to extract information but also so that you can show that sincere interest in what their life is like and what's happening in their world and it's a two-way street i mean you want as a as a man i want to know you know are, are we even compatible on any level so you know are these questions are about getting you to speak and getting you to open up and get so that i can engage you and i can understand you and i can listen to what you're saying and find out about you and then you know and, and so i can guide the conversation more from there so it's absolutely it's it's critically important and the other thing is you know information about let's say kids because that conversation has has come up so from my perspective um you know i i want to know these things about you and but i might not put the question out there by you know i mean do you have any kids i mean that might be an invasive question but you know i wouldn't want you to hide that fact because there's nothing that should be hidden i would think in a conversation you might say something um you know i just came back from a vacation i brought my daughter to this place and she loved it and and use it as a as a point of conversation it's These about putting information out there about you. it's yeah. about Sorry, putting ahead. it's about putting information out there without it having to be extracted and exactly. also only giving um the amount of information that you want anyway um i have to tell you there this conversation could go on and on and on and i love it there are so many themes there to are it. so many themes to it but i do want to thank both of um, my guests today steve lowell and Danielle Otu for joining us. Um, we're going to have to have you both definitely back individually to let you just go on and on about this topic because it is endless also. So it thank is. you. Thank you both for joining us. Steve, thank how can people you. get in touch with you? They can reach me at stevelowell.com. Thank you. And Danielle? Danielle is gmail.department.com or through my email, daddyjoe.o2 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. Now we get to the next portion of the show coming up after this. It's all about what's going on and places where you can go to see and be seen, as well as dating advice questions. You're listening to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. There's a light in the way. There's a you're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Welcome back again to Solo in the City, and it's time for our events calendar. Danielle, there's a lot going on in this city this week. I'm all ears. So let's get right to it. 
So Montreal Singles Special Events is hosting a singles pool night. You get up and you get out and you get to Le Scratch in Pierrefonds. This is really where you're going to meet two men, two women at a pool table and you're going to queue off against each other. It's a great way. And you know what? One of the tips I can give you is, ladies, if you're having trouble getting that ball into the little corner pocket, Ask somebody for help. It's wonderful the way they can just reach around you, hold your stick for you, show you how to aim, and um, that's the beginning of a new conversation. So, wonderful event happening. This is Monday night at 7.30 till 9.30. And another thing that's going on in the city, and this happens every week, Thursday to Sunday, there's an area on Notre Dame just after the old port. I don't know if you know about this, but it's called Village au Pied du Courant. It's a beach party that happens from 5 to 7. This is uh, just near the Jacques Cartier Bridge, a little bit, uh, as I said, past the old port, right on the Bleu de Saint-Laurent, and great way to get out there, enjoy some fun and sun, and meet new people. Then, uh, later on in the week, Wednesday night, Elite Speed Dating is having an Italian speed dating evening. This is for like-minded Italians to get out there and meet other like-minded Italian people. It's for women 29 to 39 and men 33 to 43. It's happening in the Old Port and it's $40 and it starts Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Then West Montreal Singles 40 Plus Group, yes, this is for the 40 and ups. It's Let's Try Something New. It's Jamaican Cuisine, and it happens at Annecy in NDG. It's a BYOB. This is a really cute little restaurant. I happen to live not too far from there. The food is always fantastic, and it's happening Saturday night at 6.30 p.m. And then another fun thing that's going on, except somebody like me who has vertigo, I can have a little bit of t problems with this. The Montreal Single Social Events is hosting a zip lining, tree hugging, and picnic in the Laurentians. It's taking place on Sunday morning. That's August 28th. So, like every other week, I just want to remind people, if you have a dating dilemma, you can send me your question on Twitter or Facebook. And also, you can call me at 1-844-744-SOLO and leave me a message, ask me your question, and I will definitely get back to you. Now, many of you during the summer have left messages on the 1-800 number. And next week, I am planning on doing an entire show live with Erin Melinda Boker, where I will be answering the questions that were left on the machine, as well as people who texted in. In some of the questions. So we're going to be devoting the entire show to answering your questions that were sent and also asking you to call in and ask your questions and I'll be there to answer them. And by the way, if you've missed any part of today's show, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, podcasts are out there. So there's no need to ever miss any part of Solo in the City's great conversation. That's and, right. Options are endless. Options are endless. So we do have a question that was sent in this week, right? We sure do. This is a good one. Um, they're all good, actually. <laughs> I, I let Danielle choose today's question again. All right, here we go. I'm dating a man. We still have not been intimate, and I would like to move it forward. But I'm not sure if he's that into me, as he keeps disappearing every few days. So how do I know if I'm wasting my time? And it's signed, Hesitant Helen. 
So um, I don't know how long they've been dating, and, mm-hmm. but this is, a, this is a common mistake. You know, um, sometimes, not always, when we start dating somebody, we go out, you know, over a few weeks and the person, you know, invites us out, we communicate. If they're not ready to dive in and make it exclusive right away after a few weeks, that's normal. You know, we're, we, we, we have to kind of let somebody else get to where we are if we've decided that, you know, this is something that I would like to explore further. Mm-hmm. So it, there's a big difference between a man kind of texting you or calling you and then not contacting you for a couple of days while you're just in the dating process rather than somebody who is a ghost where they're in a relationship with you where you think that they are and then they're there, they're there, and then they're gone. That's called ghosting. Right. So that's, um, it's, it's a little bit difficult to comment on this one because I don't know. But I would say this. If you're interested in somebody and you are having continual contact, but every once in a while for a day or a day and a half, he's gone somewhere else, it just means... He's getting there, or and he may not be interested in you, but you got to give the the whole relationship a time to develop, and we don't all develop at the same pace. Thank you. To me, that's really important because there's this expectation that we put on other people and an assumption that they're going to be at the same place as us at the same time, and it doesn't work that way. It normally doesn't, and it's it's once in a while where two well, that, people yeah. meet and it's just like boom. That's often also the relationships that don't work. And again, we're generalizing here. We're, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, stamped in stone type of thing. But again, I, I see it over and over. And men, I will say this, men, when they meet somebody that really grabs their interest, they know it. And they know that they want to continue to pursue, but they may not do it every single day. And you might have a great date and he might call you the next day and then he might not call you another time after that. So don't make assumptions. And this is a big point that I do want to make out there. Assumptions are like the kiss of death. So give the person the space. Let them come up, come to your pace and let them mm-hmm. catch up to you if this is something that you think that could be something that you want to see where it will go. And, and, and let it breathe, you know? So no expectations, no assumptions. No expectations, no assumptions. And just let the other person catch up. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you, Cheryl. My pleasure. Anyway, Danielle, thank you again. A wonderful show all about asking the right questions, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, next week we're going to have a great panel and a great love table and uh, a whole new topic every Saturday. You can listen to things about relating, dating, and mating here at 10 p.m. on Solo in the City on CJAD 800. And remember, keep integrating social solutions because we all know it's all about...